Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, that's Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. That's your home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. Is it my advice to you? I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, GoBros. Welcome to the GoBro Room. Coming to you from Indianapolis area, Indiana. Or I'll let him tell exactly where the hell he is in Indiana. But uh, with, without further ado, Paul Mead, welcome to the GoBro Room. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, I'm in uh, Granger, Indiana, not too far from Notre Dame, University of Notre go. Dame. Hey, Paul, give us a uh, four-minute story. Day you're born till now, so we get to know you. Okay. So I was born and raised in Long Island, New York. Parents growing up, three kids, including myself, a brother and sister, Father worked for a company all his life, 30 plus years, a Grumman Corporation, real smart guy, worked on an F-14 lunar module. I knew I didn't want to be an aeronautical engineer. I was always kind of, as a kid, kind of playing around, tinkering on a workbench, a hammer and a saw and all that good stuff. You know, I didn't realize it like growing up that I, I was going to get into real estate. I can't say that I, I like had an eye for real estate when I was a, a kid, but I was doing things that were kind of real estate oriented. You know, it's like uh, Monopoly. I always would play Monopoly and, and uh, really like playing that. So it's, I don't know, just kind of like weird stuff you reflect back on your life. But anyway, grew up on Long Island, went to college, went to Marist College as an undergrad. Then I graduated there and I got my MBA from NYU Stern School of Business, worked in the city. Manhattan, lived in, in Manhattan, uh, worked there out of nine years and had jobs in uh, finance, accounting, but really got into operations. I like to work with people. And so I started running large distribution centers. I had about like 400 or so people working for me. And that took me uh, moving around the country uh, with my family, married for 26 years, my wife in college at Marist. Uh, we have four great kids. My oldest is graduating from IU Bloomington uh, this year, our younger son, and that's our oldest son. And then our younger son is a uh, freshman at Penn State, and we have twin girls that are 14. They'll be 15 this year. But um, my job took me, you know, moving across the country. When I got promoted, I, I moved, we were in New York, moved to Cincinnati, then Cincinnati outside of Chicago. And then my final corporate job took me here to Indiana, and then I got promoted again uh, as director of transportation for North America, and they wanted me to move to headquarters. I didn't want to do that. Headquarters was in Florida. Nothing against uh, you know Florida, but I, I just my wife and I didn't want to live there. So I was commuting basically 
for two years. And at the end of 2015, I said, I'm done. So I, I retired. I was 48, financially free uh, at that point in time. But I got into real estate when I was in my early 30s. I bought my first property. It was a condominium. Bought it for 42000 We sold it to a tenant who worked for IBM, I think around sixty-eight or 69000 And I was like, wow, this real estate thing is pretty cool. And um, anyway, so I kind of put that on hold in my real estate as I was doing my corporate career. And so I was in corporate America for 26 years. And my thing is, I I wish I'd gotten out earlier. So that's that's kind of a little bit about about me, I guess. It's my four-minute spiel. There you go. Beautiful. Man, lots of questions there. Well, that's that's really cool. So... How would you describe yourself now? Like, what would there, someone you sit next to somebody on the plane? What do you tell them? Tell them I'm a real estate investor, and I also like have a passion for uh, giving back. So, uh, my wife and I started a charitable organization, and uh, it was uh, we called it Meals for Millions United. And our our goal is, and it kind of took this off of the Tony Robbins playbook of of providing meals for people. And so, our goal is to provide a million meals in ten years. But I got into a little bit of an issue and I learned about trademarks because I, I didn't realize that there was a trademark Meals for Millions that already existed. So mm. kind of got my hand slapped a little bit there, not, not terribly, but um, needed to stop. So now we were coming up with a new name, but we're still going to be on the same mission. And then I'm also giving back in regards to, uh, to people that are trying to find their way that because even some GoBros that are in a job, you know, a W-2 job or they're self-employed and they, they say, hey, you know, they, they want to be financially free and they're looking to get into real estate or go into real estate. I try to help people from that perspective and share kind of how I did it. And, and my, mine was no glitz and glamour, you know, it was just simple, basic building block of, you know, buying multifamily, building it up, looking for cash flow and just continuing to, to build my, my portfolio. So no, no whiz bang stuff, real plain vanilla real estate. And actually in March, I'm going back to my alma mater. I was invited back there to talk to students. So about 90 students I'll be speaking to about corporate America versus entrepreneurship. And so my passion is to help them see another path that, you know, they're, they get pushed. It's like a factory, Pat, you know, like when people go to college, it's like, okay, well, you know, you got to get a job and all the schools want to be recruiting from the big companies. And so the, it's kind of this factory of pumping out students that, you know, get jobs. And I just want them to know there's a different path. And so mm. I'm real passionate about that and sharing that with them. And like the philosophies of go abundance too, of a full life. So not just about a career making money. It's, there's a lot more to life than that. So that's kind of my message. <clears throat> Whenever I meet kids with getting a business degree, you know, they're like, uh, I just met one last week. I, he said, I'm, uh, you know, business major or whatever. And uh, I always just say, are, are you an entrepreneur or are you a corporate guy? And I just wait for them to answer, you know. I mean, because a lot of them just want to be a corporate guy. And there's nothing wrong with that because you need corporate guys, right? Yeah. I mean, you need them. So, but it's interesting to, to let them think about it. And they're like, oh, hmm. you know. And they generally, you know, they give you an answer pretty quick. So it's kind of like they know going in. All right. So let's get in some nitty gritty. So what percentage is Paul Mead? 133, 131, 131%. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And so what does your, what do your horizontal lines make up? What do they look like? How many are there? That sort of thing. I've got, I got 44 horizontal lines, 44 uh, rental properties, uh, 138 nice. units. 
and uh, actually just added 55 units at the end of 2019. So, I mean, that's part of that 138, but that's where I'm really excited because adding those 55 units, my horizontal right now is 183,000 for 2019. And I'm projecting 2020 to be at 393,000. And that's, um, and that's net to you. Yeah, that's, that's factoring in mortgage, taxes, insurance, operating expenses, property management fees, so on and so forth. Everything. Everything. Yes, sir. That's awesome. That's very good to see. And what's the loan to value on these? Average. Yeah, yeah. Every, every time, I mean, I I bought a property, I put 20% down. So right out of the gate, you know, it's 80%, but with appreciation, it's come down. And and I don't have that exact number, Pat, but I say 60 to 70% somewhere there, depending on the, the appreciation and how long I've, I've owned the property. Yeah, yeah, good shit, good shit. Now, what kind of loans do you have on these? I'm really, I'm working on refinancing right now. So, so currently, majority of my portfolio is financed with one local bank portfolio lender, and my rates around five to five point seven five percent, but it's a recourse loan, and they're amortized for twenty years. Two of the larger loans are at twenty five, but right now I'm working on a refi uh, with CBRE. And that's going to be a non-recourse right around 4.8, depending on what that rate is when uh, we get closer to closing, but it's 30 year amortization, fixed rate. So it's, it's going to help me tremendously. And I'm looking to take fixed money. For how many years? Uh, it's, it's 30 year, 30 year fixed. It's 30 year fixed. Yes. 30 year fixed. Wow. Wow. Really? And how much money is that? The loan I'm looking at is 5.7 million. Jeez. And That's incredible. Really, I can't believe they're going to fix that for, for 30 years for you. Yeah, and I have a prepayment penalty. They call it yield maintenance, 10 years. So if I were to try to pay it off prior to 10 years, I, I would take a, a pretty heavy hit on a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't plan on, on doing that right away, obviously, because it, it's a, a big benefit to me. If I were just to finance the, the, the loan balance I have out today, it'd free up like around 7800 dollars a month in, in cash. But what I'm really? going to do, wow. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool there. And so I don't have that factored into my, my horizontal, but what I'm going to do though is finance more than I need. So it's going to give me money at a very low rate that I'm going to look to buy a business. That's one of my, my goals for the year is to, to buy a business. What, what sort of business are you going to buy? Well, I, I'm going to look at something that kind of matches my skill sets. So, you know, I'm an operations guy. I have a finance background as well. So I can't say exactly, hey, this is the business I'm going to buy. I'm going to go through a business broker, see what's available, to make sure it matches kind of my skill set and what I'm interested in and go from there. So if I can't find anything, I won't buy a business. But, but that's my intent because I probably can get about two, $300,000 in, in cash flow off of the business that I'd look to buy. Yeah. Wow. That's good stuff. That's exciting stuff. Well, I love it. I love it. All right. So let's keep moving then. So, you know... All of yours are, so would you say 100% of your horizontal income is in real estate then? Uh, yes, a, a very small amount in, in dividends, but yeah, majority is real estate. Okay. And what would you say your horizontal to net worth ratio is? 3.9%. Okay. All right, good. That's solid and uh, typical for real estate investors. You know, while we're talking about real estate, now we're going to move on to some other things. But I wanted to talk to you about this, these units that you just bought, these 37 or 54, whatever they were, units that you just bought. 
it's curious to me because literally yesterday somebody sent me another GoPro actually sent me a list of about the same amount of units in York, Pennsylvania. And um, they were all lower end units, like, you know, anywhere from 500 to $800 a month. Uh, they were all worth like 20000 to $60,000 each. And it was sold as a package, a very large package. And so tell me about that process. Would you recommend that to somebody to do? What did you get at it? Why did you do it rather than um, just buying them one at a time? Okay. Well, first, let me back up a little bit. I, I targeted certain cities. So I, I targeted Midwest cities, East Coast, West Coast was too expensive. And so I was looking at Indianapolis, Cincinnati, and Kansas City. Those were my three target markets. So I had looked for quite some time. I couldn't really find anything. And this came across as a portfolio package. And, and I have done that before. And I found that you can buy that on a kind of a wholesale price. And if it's not being sold as a wholesale price, you should definitely get a wholesale price. And so if, if the price is like they're trying to sell you retail as if they were selling them individually, then either they come way down on their price or I, I would walk away. So let's talk about that. Like, how did you determine that? Did you, did you go off this estimate? Did you have like a market analysis or appraisal done on each one? How do you, how do you determine and what percentage of quote unquote retail do you think you got these at or should someone look for? I mean, I had a realtor that helped me with that in regards to the market with Indianapolis and, and looking at what the going prices were. I got a discount for sure of, but not as much as I've gotten in the past. So I would say probably about 10 to 15% is the discount that I got. But in other portfolio packages, I've gotten 20 to 30% depending on, on the deal. Like for instance, I had a gentleman, he was very ill. He had a portfolio. He wanted to sell it. His wife was going to survive him. He knew he wasn't going to, he was not going to live for, for long. So he sold a portfolio to me out of uh, Michigan for single family homes. And um, I cherry picked. And, and that's the other thing you can do too, is to cherry pick. Cause he, I forget all the particulars of that deal right now, but I bought about nine, nine homes from him. I cherry picked the best ones out of his portfolio and he, and he sold them to me that way. Cause I, I think it got to a point where uh, I try to look at people that are kind of like a desperate seller that need to sell or really are, are eager to sell. So they're more flexible. So whether it's owner financing or it's a, it's a better price. I think in the Indianapolis market, it's, it's gotten expensive or more expensive and heated up because I think a lot of the uh, uh, guys from California are looking to put their money in say a 1031 exchange. So they're, they're dumping money into to the Midwest, which looks to them like dirt cheap. So they'll pay, you know, it drives prices up. Same thing with Kansas city. A uh, little bit on Cincinnati, but not as much. But there, there's lots of money flowing into Indian and Kansas City. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, so, and, and how did you find these guys? That one was MLS. Uh, really? For the, yeah, for the 37-unit. No shit. Yeah. And they listed them all as one package? Yeah. And, and you were able to get a loan on the whole thing? I did. Yeah, it was eight, eight buildings. Price was $2.45 is what I, what I paid. Wow. Good for... Good for you. Good for him, right? So, okay. Yeah. So, enough of real estate. Let's move on. Let's talk about your life happiness index. What uh, is your life happiness index score? 8.1. Okay. Decent. Decent. What's the lowest thing on there that's bringing that down, would you say? I got two things. One is hobbies. They had that like around a five and then siblings with my sister. So, my, my brother and I have an issue with my sister. She took money from, from my brother and I. 
in regards to when my father passed away and she was the executrix and she spent, she spent the money basically. So it's not a good situation. And obviously what a fucking shame, right? I mean, you hear yeah. that stuff all the time, right? You know, and it's the last thing your dad would have wanted to do. You know what I mean? That yep. kids would break up over, over money. And it sounds so simple, but also at the same time, you just, how do you let that go? Right. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge, man. <laughs> and, and so she really took a lot of the money from my brother and I wasn't going to leave my brother hanging. So what I ended up doing is giving my brother money. So he and I got, you know, the same amount. So me and my brother were, were whole, still short, but you know, I was going to let my brother get stuck totally. So yeah, so it is, it's tough, man. It is, it is. So that, that, that kind of brings it down. And so. it wasn't, it wasn't in the well that way. No, no, it was a third, a third and a third. Yeah. It was supposed to be split equally. Yeah. And then, did she justify it? Uh, she, I think in her mind, she probably tried to justify it. Maybe she felt, you know, I, I mean, but she said she admitted that she was wrong and she was uh, ashamed of what she did, but I, I don't even know if I believe it, you know? So. Um, wow. That's yeah. a tough one. Yeah. You know what? Both of those are tough, right? Cause I have a sister that had a one way falling out with me. Like she doesn't, she haven't talked to her for three years. She just, she's not interested in talking about what, I don't know what the hell I did, but I know, you know, she has her justifications, but, and then I have, and hobbies, like hobbies are hard. I mean, really yeah. like hobbies are like, for guys like me and you, like, uh, you know, my hobby is counting my money. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> looking at deals, you know what I mean? Like yeah. listening to investment uh, podcasts and, and, yeah. uh, and things like that, you know, to me reading news about the, financials or you know it's out a hobby is reading the wall street journal a hobby is is talking to somebody about a deal a hobby it's interesting it's very fa fascinating but you know it could be debated but uh, i agree with both of those i think i would have a similar um i know i do similar uh, lower scores on both of those the wrong tribe confounds the right tribe compounds Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Let's talk about your give back ratio. I know this has got to be high. What's your give back ratio? Well, it's, it's, it's actually, I think, on the low side. It's 1.1% and the hourly uh, equivalent is 3000 but I mean, I'm ramping that up because um, I, I think kind of my focus was on kind of that first mountain. This kind of thing that I've spoken with uh, Tim about, Tim Road. Yeah, I and, need to um, read that book. He's he's told me to read it like seven times for that. <laughs> <laughs> David the Brooks. second mountain or something. Yeah, the second mountain with David Brooks. I think he's the author. But but um, yeah, it's the second mountain. It's just focus on look. You know, now now you've got the first mountain. You've got financial freedom. Now now what are you going to do, right? And so. I'm still building on the first mountain. Don't get me wrong, but on the second mountain, it's really important to me to to give back. And so now I've really started to ramp that up, um, and that's why I'm going back to my alma mater this year to talk to the kids. And that's why my wife and I started a charitable organization. And so really, kind of again ramping ramping that up. So what do you think it is that drives Paul? I think part of part of it was my dad. My dad was was fairly hard on me, and so I think part of that driving subconsciously was trying to you know make make my father proud and, you know, prove to him my value. I, I have a lot of like, I connect or resonates with me with Rock Thomas, you know, kind of similar. 
So, so that, that just kinda, a driver, like your dad was a driver, like a spec, uh, you know, work equals love. Basically, if you work hard, you're worthy, I guess not love, yeah, but yeah. worthiness, worthiness, right? Correct. Worthiness, value. Yeah. Value, value. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's added and my wife and kids, you know, on, on a more positive note, I mean, my, my wife and, and uh, my kids, I mean, they're just awesome. And so that totally drives me to, to provide, you know, whatever I can for them and give them things that, you know, maybe I, I didn't have. And then legacy is my, my third driver really is, is now saying, how can I impact my future generations, you know, for, for my family, their kids and grandkids and so on. And, and then people in general. Okay. What, uh, what would you say your superpower is? Process improvement, fixing Mm -hmm. things, making things better, connecting with people, you know, presenting, presentation skills, and I'd say financial analysis. Financial analysis. Wow. And, and what about your kryptonite? Kryptonite is, is trying to get perfection or thinking things are going to be perfect, you know, obsessing about that and worrying about that. And I said, you know what, I, I have changed my mindset there. And I, and I heard this person sum it up perfectly and say, you know what, progress over perfection. Progress so, over perfection. Yes, progress over perfection. So, so if you're making progress, it's good. You know, if, if it's not perfect, it's not going to be perfect. So, so there's that. And then also, I'd say, you know, kind of like a second kryptonite would be like limiting beliefs. You know, just shutting up that voice in your head that's telling you, like, well, I don't know, uh, I don't know if you could do that, like, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, have you ever heard of that? Like, like I don't deserve this. You know what yep. I mean? Like, so, uh, all right. So let's, uh, let's talk about your health. All right. How much do you weigh, Paul? I weigh 185 pounds. And what do you want to weigh? I'm cool at 185. Yeah. I'm all six, right. six foot two, 185, 12% body fat. Dude, you know, what's interesting. And I never realized it till like just this moment. You're the first person I've interviewed that said that, that I can remember. I'm sure someone else already said it, but it's, you know, it's kind of liberating in, in a way to, to hear somebody say that because I always feel like everybody says, you know, oh, you know, I guess I just said five, it's a f- five extra pounds. And always someone, someone has at least five pounds, right? Usually five, you know? So I think that's awesome that uh, you're at, you're like, hey, I'm good with that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm good with that. Tell me about your diet. Uh, like, what do you eat? How do you eat? I should say. Okay. I, I don't have any of like the uh, latest and greatest diets, you know, that you hear about. I mean, I, my family and I, we try to eat healthy, you know, I mean, um, low, low on salt, but like vegetables and I don't eat a lot of junk food, you know, I don't drink soda and all that kind of stuff. So my, my weakness is ginger snaps. That's, that's kind of my thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 14 year old girls. I can see that, you know, <laughs> ginger snaps. Yeah. You can't eat one of those. You can't just have one pack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then uh, what about exercise? Exercise, exercise about five, six days a week. Do P90X to P90X2. So, and then I make up my own stuff. So, you know, if I get bored with P90X2, then I'll just kind of create something. So I'm surprised I haven't done a P90X3, 4, and 5. I guess I it just know works so have. well. You know? Yeah, oh, for sure. For sure. I don't know if they did a P90X3. I, I really don't know. I, I don't know. I think Tony Horton, the guy who, who's kind of the brainchild behind it, and he created it, the trainer, I, he's older now. So I don't know if he's, he's going to do another one. I don't know if he's got another one in him. I don't know. Well, you know, the funny, the interesting thing about that, you know, he was a paid employee. Oh, yeah, for Beachbody. Yeah. 
So like like he, everyone thinks. So now they moved on to other people. You know what I mean? Like I don't know the guy's name. I can I can visualize him, light skinned black dude, and um, and a and a girl. I can visualize her too. But yeah, he they you know everyone. That's a common misconception is that like he owned that. He probably I thought he did. Yeah, I, thought, yeah, I knew he didn't own it. I thought he had like ownership in it, like an interest you, you know, in it. I, he might have had a very, very, very small amount. But I remember reading in some magazines, some success type magazines, that he, you know, totally got boofed on that deal. Oh yeah! Wow, <laughs> he <know>? got screwed. <laughs> you wow. know, because you know, I mean, like if you think about it, before before anybody's watched it, right? What is it worth? And it's like, hey, dude, you know, I'll pay you. 10 grand to put together this to do what I tell you to do and, and be like an actor in front of a camera for a month or whatever and we'll film it and then whatever then you can go back to your personal training or whatever you do I don't know if that's exact story but you know it's a, it's, it's it is an interesting it's like it's like I also read about those guys the property brothers yeah and if you've seen that those those were actors like no they, way those two brothers yeah, they're actors Holy smokes, they literally, they literally Yeah, the, the Home and Garden Network or whatever they're on did like casting calls for actors and and told them and just put them in there and said, you know, we're going to pay you to, <laughs> you know, go fix up houses or, yeah, it's crazy. It's business is, is an interesting world anyway. So, all right. So let's talk about your greatest hits, Paul. What, um, like, how old are you, Paul? I'm 52. All right. So, last 52 years, you've had some greatest hits in life. What would you say they are? Building my, my rental portfolio from scratch and being financially free. Meeting my wife in college. Been married for 26 years and four, four wonderful kids. Um, getting into NYU, Stern School of Business, and graduating get my MBA. Uh, that was a goal I had set when I was an undergrad in, in college. And then taking my parents to Hawaii. That was a really cool one. I, I took them to Hawaii to thank them you know, and, and just, you know, grateful for everything they had done for me. So, so let me talk, let me, let me stop you right there on that one. Cause that's a really good one. And, and, and there you say your dad passed away. So even more, you have no regrets on that. So uh, how much did that cost? What, uh, who did you invite? How did you do it? Tell me all about that. Just to encourage other people listening to this, that they should do that, that they should do the same thing. Yeah. I, I don't know how much it was. I mean, it was the airfare. I rented a condominium in, in Kona. So it was my wife. Our kids were younger at the time. I don't know. I mean, it's really, and you think about it, you think about what your parents have done for you. And, and it doesn't even have to be your parents. It could be your grandparents. It could be your aunt, uncle, whoever has significance in your life that you want to show gratitude to. And I mean, airfare, you know, I mean, what are you talking about? Like maybe 600 per person round trip, you know, depending on what time of the year, you know, I don't know. I mean, I haven't priced it in a while, but condominium you rent it for a week even two weeks you know it's 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 not as, as expensive as you would think but it was worth every penny because my mom passed away suddenly in, in 2010 and my father passed away in 2017 and i you know i always have the memories of them being there never been to hawaii you know my mom is sitting on the lanai enjoying herself and you know i mean those that you can't put a price tag on that stuff man i just i just think that, that giving back and showing that gratitude that's really the payday, you know, it's not making the money, it's making those impact on the people that you love and even people that um, you're just helping, you know, that impact is powerful. And it, it, 
I mean, I, I would much rather have that feeling and doing that than making, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, you know, I mean, you make a hundred thousand, I'm, you know, that, that's good too. I'm not saying, but, but I'm just saying that, you know, yeah. not all about the money. Right. And then when you do make money, then it's an enabler to do some good stuff. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Well, thanks for uh, digging deeper on that. Okay. What do you got for the fourth one? That was um, going, uh, my first bucket list adventure. I went to the Soviet Union when it was the Soviet Union. So that tells you how long ago it was, right? It was like 1987. Wow. And uh, it, that, was, that was an amazing experience. That was an amazing experience, man. We just followed around by the KGB and going into Red Square and seeing Lenin's tomb and um, going into the museum, the Hermitage, and just uh, took a train overnight from Leningrad to Moscow. And we were younger then, so we were drinking and the door got frozen between cars and we were in another car. We had to wake up the train conductor. <laughs> And uh, he was a Russian guy, and he wasn't too he wasn't too happy that we woke him up, but we couldn't get back to our our sleeping bunks, you know. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a great experience. Really cool. Wow. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't been to Russia, and it's it's all it's on my list too. Uh, uh, just uh, just never been. I, you know, my biggest problem is I can't find anybody that's excited to go with me now. You know, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like my wife doesn't want to go. I'm like, come on, let's go to Russia. You know what? It's really beautiful. It's, it's really beautiful. And the people, the people, not the government, but the people are very friendly. Very nice people. And, you know, I mean, I, when I was there, I had guys, now it's probably totally changed. This is like 30 years ago. But there were guys that wanted to like meet behind the hotel. And like one guy, he, he was a student. He wanted to talk about economics. And he wanted to talk about like free trade and stuff like that. But he like had to do it like in secrecy. Either that, he was ready to mug me. I don't know which one, but <laughs> I go with the first part. I think they were yeah, really just no. to talk, you know. Yeah, that it's fascinating, isn't it? Right? You know, that's uh, or he was a spy. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be too. Your tour guide was a spy. They work for the KGB. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go with the tour guide, and it's by uh, they call it Interost which was the uh, National Tourist Agency, but all, all those people were KGB. So they, you, we'd see them change, like, guys, it was so, like, goofy, Pat. You'd see people walking behind your tour guide, and the tour guide has, like, a little piece of paper in her, in her hand, and, like, the person grabs the paper out of her hand. I mean, it's like something out of a movie, you know? It's so goofy. But it was, I don't know what it was, like an update, a report, who knows, you know? It is so goofy. It's like, a, a, we look at it as goofy, right? That's an interesting word to, to describe it. To them, it's, I, I mean, it's not pa paranoid in the least. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I, I just wonder what their definition of paranoid is, you know, or what, what, what Putin's definition of paranoid is. It's got to be. I mean, it's just yeah. so crazy. You know, it's interesting. I think it's like a little, it's more open than it was, you know. I mean, I think yeah. it's a little bit more capitalistic, but yeah, it was, it was a different ballgame back then. It was, it was, it was interesting, you know, it's, yep. All right. All right. Let's, what about future? What do you want to do in the future? Give me some greatest hits for your Paul Mead's future. Buying and selling businesses and getting a net worth of a hundred million. That's my, my stretch in 20 years. Building a legacy uh, for my family and future generations. So kind of already got that rolling with family trust and, and uh, cash flow banking and some stuff along those lines. Charitable organization I mentioned earlier um, and achieving, you know, 1 million meals provided to people. Uh, in 10 years. And I'm really passionate about helping people see a different path for themselves. You know, I see people come up to me and approach me like, Hey, I hate my job. And you know, or I'm in corporate America, you know, how did you do it? You know? And so I try to share with them, 
you know, kind of how I did it and how I can help them. So I'm real passionate about that because I think corporate America to me is like slavery. It's just uh, the way they work you, you know, and it's just, yeah. And then traveling to a hundred, hundred countries um, with my family and friends. Wow. hundred countries with your family and friends. That's awesome, dude. That's a, you got some, you got some really good ones there. I'm going to have to make note for sure. All right. So let's uh, wrap this up, Paul, with uh, a spin of the GoBundance app. Let me just pull it up on my phone here, buddy. Sure. And we can uh, surprise you with a GoBundance card game, generate random questions. All right. Ready? Yes, I am. How would you describe yourself in five words? High integrity, character, leadership, genuine, giving. And I don't know if that's five or not. <laughs> I lost count. <laughs> if you take out the high and in integrity and just put integrity, that would be five words. So okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. That's awesome, dude. You'll you'll have to make note of that. You know, <laughs> you pulled that off. Well, that's a great person to know with those five. You know what I mean? Like, how could you? How could you go on going into business with Paul Mead or or doing anything with him? Just knowing him as a human being. So that's uh, those are five really good ones. So Thanks, I appreciate man. you coming on, man. And uh, yeah, thank I, you. I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I love your quote on the wall. Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so true. So true. Just look what's happening in the stock market now and everything else, right? You just never yeah. know. Uh, but as entrepreneurs, we're so good at the, it's, it's just bouncing back and redirecting, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, pivot. Yep, pivot and change. Indeed. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can see.